0: 104.7 The Cave, KKLH, Marshfield-Springfield, a proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio
1: Network.
2: Touchdown, Kansas City!
0: Now, it's time for
1: Ned Talk. Ned Talk live and on the air. Joe Weston in the studio with our, the hardest-working guy. That's simply all that I've got to say about it. You're the hardest-working guy in all of broadcasting. He was at a photo shoot early this morning. But he's here now and he's broadcasting live in the studio with us Ned Reynolds Ned how are you?
2: He is a euphemism for dumbest
1: announcer in the uh, business. Oh, come on <laughs> Stormy Davis back with us today Stormy how are you? I'm
3: doing great. I just want to know was it Calvin Klein or GQ? Neither. Neither? Okay, well.
2: <laughs> this is this is <laughs> old, the old <laughs> the poster child for old folks home is what it is. <laughs>
1: Well, we've got a big game today. Any game that's in division is a big game for the Kansas City Chiefs. They take on the Denver Broncos, and it is snowing in Denver. And as it happens, we have a very special guest. Kevin Beattie is with us today, and he is a former sports writer for a college newspaper in Colorado. And he is also probably the most knowledgeable sports person outside of – your father-in-law is pretty sports knowledgeable too, isn't he, Kevin? Yeah, there,
4: but I mean, a couple, a couple of tears below.
1: Yeah, so let's <laughs> talk about the game today. One of the first things that we wanted to uh, to talk about is that the line has dropped significantly over the last little bit. What's your what you're thinking on that? Is it the weather or what?
4: Well, <laughs> not that I pay attention to the gambling lines at all. Um, but I did see it drop. Um, I got my throwback throw, David, jersey on him. Uh, I'm looking outside. It's a little snowy, not too windy. I think it's mostly the weather. We weren't sure if it was going to come in, um, and it did. And it's going to be snowing throughout the game. So that's my guess.
2: There's the, uh, the key, and I fully agree with you, Kevin. I think that probably is the reason for it. This is not the first time the Chiefs and the Broncos have played in snow. As a matter of fact, the last time was in Kansas City, Uh and the Chiefs were able to mount an attack. What would you look for today, and which team would be the most adversely affected by snow conditions and cold?
4: So, I mean, both teams are kind of used to it, right? Um, It's not going to be a huge thing, I don't think. I think it will hurt us a little more. we got a bit of a young secondary, and Mahomes is kind of a wizard. Uh, so, you know, the traction when the receivers know what they're doing and the D-backs don't know what they're doing. I think advantage would be Chiefs there. Um, it sure would be nice to have some home field advantage with some fans and some noise uh, to mess with the snap counts and, and some of the other things that Denver does really well as the fan base, but obviously we won't have that today. So I would say advantage Chiefs, and it hurts me to say that
2: even under uh, optimum conditions Kevin the the Broncos do run the ball pretty well Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay that's that's a really good uh, running back tandem that they have Drew Locke is a Missourian heck he's a Missouri mm-hmm. Tiger yep. from from Lee's Summit so he he certainly identifies very strongly with what he'll be facing but do you see more of a ground game today from both teams So for us I
4: would say yes um we got a bunch of injuries, our best wide receivers out. Uh, the problem with the ground game for us is that our offensive line kind of stinks. Mm. So we'll, we'll see. I think if they get Lindsay out in some space, uh, he could do some damage. I think we'll see a bunch of kind of short passes so Locke doesn't take too many hits. Um, but, yeah, he's from Columbia, right? So he knows what this weather is like. He played in the big terms. Um I do see a bunch of running. And you guys, is, is Le'Veon Bell going to play
2: today? He probably yes. is. He's he's certainly going to suit up, and I would suspect that he'll see spot duty. Now, he's really only been with the Chiefs for, realistically, about three or four days now. And he is not acclimated to the the uh, Reed style of things. But he's also an old pro. He He'll, he'll be fine. I don't think he'll see that much action, but – uh, in certain situations, yeah, I suspect you'll be in there.
1: Let me ask you this question, he'll be Kevin. in there a little
2: bit to, to protect uh, my home That's better it. He is a mm-hmm. very, good, very blocker, good blocker. Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: Let me ask you this question, Kevin, because I'm not familiar. Is, is Denver's not allowing any fans into the stadium currently?
4: So they did allow some last week, and it was mostly kind of like priority season ticket holders, um, and then you'd have to sit with your family. But I think it was five thousand was the max. Mm-hmm.
1: We've seen that with more I teams. Know. I don't even know if that many people would want to go. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, but I'll tell you, Kevin, and you certainly remember this back in the old days when football was the king in Denver, and probably still is in a lot of respects. That place would be sold out even oh, with yeah. the snow conditions.
4: Right, and that's that's why this you know COVID stuff really really hurts the Broncos because in games like this in the division against the Super Bowl champs we could get loud and we could screw them up a little bit and just use momentum, get a turnover here, there. And it just, that's not in play today. So.
2: Let's uh, let's talk a little bit about the effect of COVID-19 in the Denver area and in the state of Colorado here in Missouri, it appears to be spiking a little bit. I don't think it is so much here in the Southwest part of the state, but uh, across the state, it has been. How about out in
4: Colorado? What's the circumstance? So we, we played by the rules pretty early on here, and our numbers really flattened out quickly. Um, not all schools are back to normal. My kids are actually at a physical school, which is great. But, of course, numbers are now spiking again, and part of that's just because we're testing a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's kind of the same as everywhere else. Like masks everywhere and no gatherings. Um, pretty similar.
1: What's the... Uh prognosis for the Broncos. I mean, you've got, a, you've got a coach in his second year, I believe it's his second year as a coach, uh, with, head coach with the Broncos, and you've got, you know, like you said, a young team. What are you seeing that's giving you hope for a team that's kind of struggling? I mean, th- they've won two in a row, but they're still considered a bottom-tier team right now.
4: I mean, you guys have another 30 minutes because uh, <laughs> there's a lot of layers to it. Um, I think you always got to start with the quarterback, right? Sure. Yep, a little TBD yep. on but we like him. Um, he's got the arm. He can move around. So our last QB with Flacco, that was a disaster. He couldn't move, and our O line's not great. So you got to be able to shift a little bit to get your throws out. And then um, it, it seems like he has the locker room, which is huge. So if he's got that and he's got the physical tools, great. We got some receivers, and I don't know if you guys noticed, but in the draft, we took a bunch of skill, fast, offensive guys, and it's because of the Chiefs. If we're going to compete with them for the next, what have Mahomes signed a ten-year deal? Um, and you got Tyreek, and you got Kelsey, and you got all these weapons. We we realized we had to kind of match up with you. Uh, the biggest problem I see is when you, you know, prognosticate what what's coming is the ownership. So, Pat Bowen passed away. He has seven kids from two different women. Um, all A lot of them very sharp and well-educated and invested in the team and they're every day working, but it's going to get ugly. And what do you do when you don't have an owner? He used to give us all the direction in the world. You know, he brought John Elway in, um, but there's no direction from the top, and I think that's our biggest challenge right now is figuring that out, having clear direction from the ownership when it comes to salary cap, just direction of the team, um, who's in charge. You know, there's rumors of Peyton Manning maybe coming in the front office, which I think would be a good thing. Um, But all those unknowns kind of lead you to what I would call just no man's land. You're not going to be great. We're not going to suck. But then you're just in the middle and then you get crappy draft picks um, and you know, kind of an apathetic fan base, a little bit. So, long-winded answer, but that's kind of how I see it.
2: Kevin, in uh, under the Bolan ownership, did you find the team to be uh, satisfied with mediocrity, or was he an out-and-out go-getter? Let's let's win. Let's throw it throw all caution to the winds.
4: Oh, he he was a genius, and he stayed out of it. Right, if you contrast him with like Jerry Jones, who's mm-hmm. in the middle of everything and mm-hmm. is kind of playing GM role, and said, "Go do this," but we're winning, and we're going to win every year, and we're not going to reload, we're not going to reshuffle, <laughs> we're not going to tank. And uh, there's a reason he's going to the Hall of Fame. Unfortunately, you know, posthumously.
3: Well, you mean know, the Denver Broncos still got a lot of strengths with him. You know, Philip Lindsay's having a good time so far. Had 100 plus yards last week. Then Denf- the defense went lights out. And uh, you're still giving a lot of people a lot of trouble in the red zone. So, you know, there's a lot to look forward to for Denver. And they're, they're going to throw everything but the kitchen sink at the at the Chiefs today. And uh, they said uh, – I saw some of the commentary online from them, and uh, they were saying they were a little upset that uh, – that the Raiders were the ones that got to beat the Chiefs first because Denver was looking forward to being the ones <laughs> to actually get to do that. And you guys have got some great – I'm not a fantasy football guy, but I did a little bit of research this week on some of that stuff. You've got a, a tight end named Tim Patrick who I think is developing very quickly and looking to be one heck of a threat uh, to the future for any team they play.
4: Yeah, so he, he looks like a tight end. He's actually a wide receiver. Um, yeah. But I, I would look at tight end to laugh today. Right? Kelsey always destroys us. Um, like he does to a lot of teams, we just haven't figured him out. Um, but we have some to ends, too, and Noah fant um, he, he's going to be an All-Pro someday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and so I would look for those two to, to battle a little bit. Um, but speaking of the Raiders and the Chiefs, uh, Joe, please explain this to me. You're a Raiders <laughs> fan, and now you're a Chiefs fan. Well, see, that's, that's, that's not you supposed to be—that's not
1: supposed people. to be public knowledge, Kevin. We weren't supposed that's to discuss that man. on the radio. <laughs> So well, I don't know. I, I grew up here um, as a, a Raiders fan for some reason. I don't know why. Um, that was back in their heyday. And uh, Ken Stabler, I guess I just love Ken Stabler. Yeah. yeah, I guess I love the snake. I had a I had a snake T-shirt and everything. I had a little Ken Stabler uh, action figure at one time, too. <laughs> I just love Ken Stabler. He's so my you mean player. to
2: tell me you're going to sit here and tell us that's your reasoning? That's about you know, as flimsy. Good well,
1: they, they were they were on TV a lot. They because you know it's like the Cowboys. The Cowboys were a kind our of, uh, America's team. And the Raiders were sort of anti-America's team, and um, they were
3: kind of the first anti-heroes in, yeah. in football with John Matuzak and Gene Upshaw and a lot of these players that were these big rough tough guys that uh, you know they were the brutal side of and Western they were, football.
1: They were on TV a lot, well, especially in that time when uh, there wasn't a game on all the time. Like you couldn't go somewhere mm-hmm. to find another game. The big marquee names, the Steelers and the Cowboys and the and the Raiders, they were yep. on all the time. And it's I grew up here a Yankees fan, and uh, because the Yankees were on TV all the time. Oh, so. that's perfect.
4: So you're a front runner,
1: is what you are. <laughs> no, I've 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 suffered through. If you're I've
4: in the Super Bowl. Now you're becoming a
2: champion. Oh, I, Kevin, I, you just hit it right on the nose. I <laughs> let me tell you something else too that he's not going to tell you. Joe is also an avowed Yankees fan, but when the Yankees won the tube at midseason, and midseason was what game thirty or thirty-five, yeah. he bailed out on them. He even <laughs> he even gave my Phillies. So now he's a Dodgers fan. <laughs> no, I mean, no, oh no. Please
1: don't, don't, email, don't ever, that, please, baseball please, period, please don't so ever say that. Period, yeah, I was just I, dis- I, I was disinterested in the season just because it was it was <laughs>
3: so messed up.
1: Yeah. So give us a prediction for today's game. Obviously the the toughest games the Chiefs have had so far this year have been from AFC West rivals. The Chargers gave them all they could handle. Yes. And of course the Raiders beat them. And it seems to be the little formula that the Chargers and the uh, Raiders came up with is play a zone defense with tough pass. Rush can the Broncos can the Broncos duplicate that?
4: So I think that's the blueprint, right? And and Nick Chubb, our first round pick, who got hurt last year, um, we obviously don't have Von Miller, um, but we're we're coming along a little bit more. I'm getting pressure of the quarterback. The problem is Mahomes; it's hard to catch. Uh, but the weather might help us a little bit. I do think we'll slow it down. Um, you know that spread moving to seven. I think it should be more like eight or nine, somewhere in between there and ten. Uh, I think it'll be close for a while. Nick Fangio's the defensive guy. Like I said, he, he has some answers teed up. I think it'll be close to the fourth quarter. The problem is our coaching staff uh, loses a lot of games in the fourth quarter, whether it's decisions on timeouts or clock management or when to kick a field goal or when to go for two. We, we don't seem to have that figured out. And I'm going to predict you guys win by seven and Kind of hit the line right on the
2: head, you know, Kevin. That's interesting you bring up because I absolutely fully agree with that scenario that you just stated. However, the caveat to it is this: Kansas City went to a running game last week, ran I think for two hundred forty-five yards against the uh, Buffalo Bills. They are not a running team; they are a finesse passing team with Mahomes doing all that work. All right, having having said that, they ran last week to um, with Clyde Edwards-Helaire getting most of the runs. Denver has one of the stingiest run defenses. Mm -hmm. So does that force Kansas City to uh, go to the air through the snow?
4: So, first of all, Edward Talaire, did he like get married in college and take like (laughs) his wife's maiden name? Explain that to me, please.
2: Uh, Touche. That is excellent.
4: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so uh, our defense has actually been really good. Um, When we need a final stop, we haven't gotten it. But throughout the game, it's been pretty good. Uh, I just think the one thing we haven't figured out, that we might figure out some of the run game. We might, you know, keep Tyreek in, in check. But Kelsey down the middle just crushes us, and that's where I think we'll get beat.
1: Well, Kevin, thank you. I appreciate you taking the time to join us this morning. And uh, tell Angie and all the kids that we love them, and we hope to see you guys very soon. And uh, good luck, not to Denver today, but good luck with that weather. (laughs) Thank you, Kevin. (laughs) All right. Thanks, guys. Hope to do it sometime soon again. Yes, absolutely. We'll have you back. It's Ned Talk. We're broadcasting live today on 104.7 The Cave, getting set for the Chiefs, coming up in a couple hours.
0: Back to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave a proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs radio
1: network. We got a weather forecast directly from Denver, and the snow is coming down, so there will be snow. I'm going to differ. I I think you're going to see a lot of running in today's game. I think the Chiefs would like to run as much as they possibly can. Well,
2: if they can get away with it.
1: Yeah, exactly, and that's the key. Ned, we need to uh, check in on some stuff that we typically do in the first segment of the show. It's Who's Hot in the NFL? It's brought to you by All Service Air Service. Who's your pick for the hot team or hot player or hot whatever?
2: We're going to to pluralize it here, and I find this to be very uh, symbolic of how things break down in the NFL. The first flex game of the season is going to occur tonight. Originally, it was to have been the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Las Vegas Raiders. But the Raiders have succeeded What a monumental surprise in annoying and disrupting the (laughs) National Football League. Uh, You know, they uh, they always used to do that. Al Davis, that was his little game to play. Hey, make make the hierarchy as mad as you possibly can, and uh, we'll succeed from there. Well, in this case, it was a lack of attention to COVID-19, and they had some positives. I think all the individuals who tested positive are now negative, and will probably play today. But over and above that, NBC said, "Hey, we we can't we can't take a chance on a game being called off because of COVID-19. We just our whole Sunday night time slot is dedicated to pro football. We can't do that." Mm-hmm. And that being in TV for the many years that I was, I do understand the the filling of a major hole like that is difficult. So the game was flexed, and the two teams they put in there are probably a better matchup than one we would have seen had it been the Sunday night matchup, and that's the Seattle Seahawks and the Arizona Cardinals. I think that'll be a terrific quarterback duel between two really good... I'm I'm especially anxious to see how Kyler Murray does uh, under circumstances. Now, he is playing at home, but Seattle's a very good football team, plays well. That'll be a terrific game. Those are two of the top power teams in the NFL at the moment. Of course, the uh, Chiefs, in my opinion... Are uh, right up there, number one, you really have to give a nod to the Baltimore Ravens, too. They have come back after playing so tentatively against the Chiefs, and uh, they're playing well and for an up and coming team, the green and white oh, <laughs> oh I, my God, I have to say I was going to say I
1: thought about you because I watched that game um was it was it Monday night or Monday, was it Monday night. Monday night. night. And that was one of the chippiest oh. games I've ever seen for two teams that stink as badly as those two teams do. So far in the season, I was impressed with the way that the Eagles played at the end. But, man, I was the Giants especially were really chippy in that
2: game. Well, the Giants have a reason for being chippy. They're so bad. And, <laughs> and they, they have to do something to merit fans focusing on them. And I guess if they can bend the rules and get the under the other team's collar and you know, play all those sorts of tricks, now the New York Giants are not above something like that. Neither are the Jets. The Jets used to do that when Joe Namath was their quarterback back in their uh, glory years. They had a and, and this you're going to have to be old to remember this name, but a D back named Johnny Sample, mm-hmm. and Johnny Sample would he, he thrived on getting under the collar of the receivers. you know he'd do all these illegal things that nobody would see. you know he'd grab their pants and pull them down and uh, maybe maybe uh, grab from shirt from behind before the horse collar rule came into effect. just just an annoying little character. Well, the uh, Giants are like that as well. Kind of a New York thing.
1: St. Louis, uh, the St. Louis Cardinals had a player like that, Comrade Dobler. Uh, Dobler,
2: well, yeah, yeah. Dirties, he was dirtiest, dirtiest players football. Out, and out dirty. Yeah, just <laughs> now. An out
1: out. Piggyback on what you said uh, earlier about the Raiders, John Gruden has come out publicly and said that he is upset that the game was not canceled. It was not moved. He doesn't feel that it's fair that the Raiders have to play today with having so much of their team. Missing.
2: Well, it probably isn't in his viewpoint. I can can understand why he'd be angry. It was going to be a showcase game for uh, the uh, Las Vegas Ball Club, and here they are showing off their new stadium, even though there isn't anybody in there. Uh, But the fact is, it was going to be a good circumstance for them to gain some kind of reputation nationally, and now it's taken away. However, they do have another game scheduled for Sunday night, and that is November the 22nd, and it is against the Red and White.
1: All right, let's find out what's brewing in college football. It's brought to you by Arctic Food Equipment.
3: <laughs> Go on, tell them. Go, oh, tell the story. We want to hear a it. Come a on, Bad,
2: Dad. bad, bad day yesterday. <laughs> really bad day. All the favorites that I bet against won, and all the underdogs who I thought would carry over lost. Oh, boy, it was just a brutal day. How about Indiana beating Penn State? Whoever saw that coming? Michigan-Minnesota figured to be a terrifically close game. Now, keep in mind, this is opening day for the uh, Big Ten Conference. Michigan-Minnesota, the Little Brown Jug game, figured to be close. It was not. Michigan ran away from a good Minnesota football team. Ohio State-Nebraska figured to be a fairly good ball ball game because Nebraska's rebuilding and doing a pretty good job of it. No, no, Ohio State really creamed them. Uh, Here's LSU, which Missouri beat. A couple of weeks ago, take the field against a good South Carolina team, run them out of the ballpark. How do you figure these games? It, it, it's, it's so so imprecise, and a lot of it has to do with the COVID-19 virus, yes, but a lot of it has to do with the uh, change in schedule and the fact that the teams are not playing on a regular basis or their games are very much in jeopardy and in limbo, and it's hard to get yourself mentally adjusted. I'm, a, I'm thinking that's what the reasons have to be.
3: Stormy, your thoughts on college football so far this year? Um, Well, I mean, you got to set it best by Ned's story and what he said because it's just been so unpredictable because of all the different factors in it. I mean, I'd hate to be one of these coaches from the psychological aspect working with these teams. You know, the SEC is a little different in that they knew where they were going early on, and so they're pretty focused. But, boy, these others that are coming in, it's just chaos because – you know, you're going to have certain players that you know that weren't test positive, but they were near somebody who was, and so they've got to do an isolation periods and all this. So you've got other players that, oh my gosh, I, what do you mean I'm not I'm I'm, not, I'm going to play, and who are not expecting it. And once in a while, you get a few of those, and they can mess up the entire offense or defense because they just it's a complete surprise to them. It's like, oh my gosh, I'm actually out here playing, and I was told I wasn't going to play this year.
2: But Joe, in terms of overall strength. Of teams i really I think there are two that really stick out more than anybody else. Number one is number one Clemson yeah. they're really really, really good. They buried Georgia Tech in Atlanta oh, yeah. two weeks ago seventy three to seven and yesterday they took on a team that's even worse than georgia Tech Syracuse, <laughs> and while it was a closer margin 46 to 21 that's not no. it, it wasn't really Clemson could have named the score against them that was total Clemson, domination yeah Clemson is a really really solid football team but so is Alabama yes i watched bama play they did lose their top wide receiver yesterday on a what what on earth is he doing on a kickoff return team he, he was caught the kickoff and broke his ankle on the very, oh my God! on yeah. the opening kickoff and uh, so he is out for the year that's a surgical repair but, hey, what do you do when you're a star player, when you're Alabama or Clemson? You reload. You reload. Exactly. Absolutely. Hey, A1 over here, get in off the bench. You're as good as he is. And there's their challenge right there. Look, at, that's how they recruit. They yeah. recruit depth. Yes. And depth makes a huge difference. Here's the play incidentally in which the kid uh, broke his ankle.
1: Yeah, we're watching. We have uh, that four-letter network on TV right now. Let me ask you a quick question, uh, just to cop, percomp- I, mean, I can't say it. Let's have you predict into the future because college football runs in cycles. When do you see the Clemson-Alabama cycle possibly ending? Or do you?
2: No, I don't. I don't see it ending. If, if it were to end, if I'm going to ask for a prediction along those lines, it'll be Clemson that ends before Alabama. Yeah, yes. Alabama is so tradition-oriented. And they play a consistently tough level. Mm-hmm. LSU, Florida, Mississippi, Mississippi State, Tennessee. Hey, these are, all, these are all solid football teams. There is an interesting game coming up, guys, on November the 7th that I want you to mark down. Of course, NBC and their great wisdom, seeing a lot of money to be made on this one, has made it a night game at South Bend, Indiana, where the lights will be on and where on November 7th it will be COLD because it is always cold in South Bend, Indiana. But Notre Dame plays Clemson that night. If Clemson's going to lose anywhere along the line,
3: That might be be it.
2: it. I don't see it happening, but there's the the possible upset right there.
1: Well, we're about 25 minutes away from Art Haynes and the crew taking over to do the pregame show. Kickoff is coming up just a little bit after 3 o'clock this afternoon. It's Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave.
0: Back to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. A proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs radio network.
1: It's Ned Talk. I'm 104.7 The Cave. I'm Joe Weston, joined by Ned Reynolds and Stormy Davis. And we are 19 minutes away from the pregame starting. Let's check in with Stormy and find out
3: about our fantasy pick of the week. It's brought to you by Fazoli's. Well, I'm going to go with the guy I talked about earlier when uh, Kevin was on the line. And that's Tim Patrick, actually, with the Denver Broncos. Um, He's developing well and is one of those players who could just come out of nowhere and start bringing in points and runs for these teams so i think he, he's got a great potential for the future we'll have to see what he does but and again i'm making a fantasy pick for the guy who doesn't play fantasy football so. <laughs> <laughs> i'm surprised i figured you would be a fantasy football guy i would love to if i had the time my gosh i really would but i just i've got so much going on i i, I do need some sleep here and there okay let's check in
1: uh, again with stormy on our injury report it's brought to you by morrison webster and carlton Well,
3: right now the ones we know about, of course, are Taco Charlton, uh, the defensive end who's out, Alex Okafort, Mitchell Schwartz, and Sammy Watkins for the Chiefs uh, as of right now. We had a few players who were limited play, but I think everybody else is pretty much going to be out there. And then on uh, Denver's side, you've got – and I'm going to – Butcher this last name, please forgive me, Jer- that's Jeremiah. The big, but that's the, uh, Jeremiah
2: Edge, that's the big Missouri tight yeah, so, yeah, yeah, exactly. And he's a, he's a fine player.
3: Oh yeah, and then Andrew Beck, Jake Butt, both tight ends, and then also the player that uh, Kevin talked about earlier, Deontay Spencer is out uh, for the J- Broncos. The good thing about this is we may have an update before the end of the hour because the last few weeks they have been the Chiefs have been releasing the updates earlier than they have in the past season. So hopefully so, we'll we're pretty. Just where we're we knew we were a few days ago, and we don't have any surprises. So
1: let's knock on for Micah because Chiefs have been relatively healthy this yes. season. I mean, so far they've been they've done really well. Do you see Ned Le'Veon Bell making an impact today?
2: I don't know about the impact, but he'll certainly play. He's going to suit up. He is eligible now to play, and his role will be as a backup to Clyde edwards holaire because he really hasn't had time to absorb the program uh, as as perhaps a Shondi McCoy would have because he hadn't played for Andy Reid. And it is a different scheme of things. But, of course, the bottom line is run with the football. The complicated part of it comes with blocking. And uh, Bell is a very good blocker, very good protector of QBs, and Mahomes needs that kind of protection in there. But there are certain schemes that you have in blocking, and I'm not sure that Bell will be able to – adhere immediately to something like that. But having him on the field as backup, uh, as depth for, on a snowy day, I think is very significant, and I think he'll he'll play quite a bit.
1: Let me ask both of you this question and start with you, Ned. Do you see this Le'Veon Bell signing as being – how do you see it compared to the Shady McCoy signing last year? Different,
2: a different circumstance. Um, both brought in for the same reason. Both are veteran running backs. Both are accustomed to championship-level football, Bell with the Steelers and uh, certainly McCoy with the Philadelphia Eagles. So they know the background of what it takes. What I don't know is the clubhouse effect. Uh, McCoy was very good at the clubhouse. He was a very good leader. I have a feeling, and it's really unfair to say because I don't know this, it's denied by everybody, but it has been brought up. This guy is now with his third team after having had Internal problems with the previous two, with the Steelers and with the New York Jets, not to mention Michigan State. He had problems Mm -hmm. up there, too. So you have to wonder, what kind of an impact does this guy have? Now, it's the company motive and operation and direction to say, oh, gosh, this is so great. Le'Veon, we're so happy to have you. What's he going to say? I didn't want to be here? Hell no, he's not going to say that at all. He's going to give it a positive response. And the same with the other players, the Mahomes and the uh, Clyde Edwards-Solaire, who says, oh, I'm so anxious to have my learning done by from him. We'll see. We'll see how that works out. But in terms of depth and in terms of strength, oh, yes, I think the guy's a positive player.
3: Stormy, your thoughts? Well, I'm hoping that finally being part of, of a championship team like the the Chiefs Uh, leads him to be to change things a little bit more in his direction and maybe even like Ned said uh, take maybe a little bit of a mentorship with uh, Edwards Lair and especially today where it's going to be a little colder you guys were talking earlier about who's going to suffer underneath the cold and the weather it's going to be the rookies who may or may not be used to this kind of weather on top of the pressure of playing for a professional team so hopefully I'm I'm hoping Bell steps up and says okay kid here's what you do here's what will help you here's a little advice and uh, helps out but Time Only time will tell because Ned said so far in the past he's been a problem everywhere else he's been. Let's hope being a part of the championship team changes that. I can tell uh, you
2: guys a quick, uh, just a, sure, little, yeah. a little quick tidbit now. Had an opportunity to visit with Danon Hughes, who uh, of course joins Mitch Oldis mm-hmm. on the broadcast. And Danon was talking about his days at Iowa and in the NFL when it was cold conditions, usual receiver. And uh, Danon said, Well, you know, I used to cover my skin with uh, my, my exposed flesh. With uh, Vaseline. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Danon, did that really help you? Because I've done it and it hadn't helped a bit. Uh, had, did that really help you at all? And he said, I'm going to level with you. It's more mental than it is physical. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So, having said that, that's because today it's going to be what eighteen degrees and snowing out there, so yeah. it'll be cold.
1: I would be concerned more for the weather if the Chiefs were a a warm weather, you know, a, a Tampa Bay or a Los Angeles sort of team mm-hmm. or Dallas or somebody like that. But, but, but they're but not.
2: Joe, they are playing in cold weather for the first time. Yes,
1: and it's yeah. well. So are the Broncos, and so you can say that too. Let me ask you this: when we looked at the schedule at the beginning of the season, uh, the first. Six games, tough games, tough schedule. And and you could see the Chiefs coming out of that. I know Chiefs fans don't want to hear this, but you could see them possibly coming out of that with a losing record or a break-even record. They've come out of it very well, 5-1. and one. And now they've got this little lull in the schedule. They've got the Broncos this week, the Jets next mm-hmm. week. The Jets stink, stink. And then they got the uh, Carolina Panthers after that. So that's just a little bit of a lull for them in the schedule. What, what do you need to see from them in these three games?
2: Consistency more than anything else. Last week, and we talked a little bit about this in the game with the Buffalo Bills, Kansas City knew, knew ahead of time that they could concentrate their passing on Kelsey. And that's because the Buffalo Bills had the poorest record in the National Football League for defending against a tight end. Well, that's what Kel- Kelsey is, tight end and one of the best in the business. So what, what did Andy redo? do? He had Mahomes test that theory, hit him with a touchdown pass, hit Kelsey with a touchdown pass in the early going, hit him with a couple of more spot passes, and another touchdown period, uh, pass in the second period. Bingo. We can do this all day long why bother we can beat this team let's let's test our running game that's why in my opinion they went to the running game to see what they could do and i thought it was proven to be very successful now in the snow today that's a different story we'll see but i do think kansas city has all the component parts to them to come away with a very big win i think they do win today
1: stormy let me ask you this question because yep. i think you and i were on the same page Surprised at how easily the Chiefs handled the Bills last week, who were billed—excuse the pun as being a good team.
3: Yeah, they had a great bit of momentum going into the game, and uh, people were talking about them as a as a definite threat in the NFL. And the Chiefs just took them apart. I mean they they showed their weaknesses and they exposed a lot of things. And you know that all comes back to Andy Reid. You know you and that's why I'm not so worried about this lull in in coming up in upcoming games. I think it, it comes down to that Andy will have them playing strong, but also will draw back in certain factors to let certain things heal, to let certain things grow. And, you know, we'll take these teams handily in my opinion, but it's I don't think it's going to be these major blowouts like some people would say. I think he'll use it for building. Quick question for both of you. you I,
1: I think that's a great point, Stormy. Ned, your thoughts. Do you think this is almost like uh, an NBA season for the Chiefs, that they're they're going to, you know, Use these games to get ready for the playoffs. I mean, I know they have to win the games, but what Stormy's saying, uh, you know, that Andy's looking at the games and going, "Well, we can work on this today, and we can do this oh, today."
2: Sure. I don't. I don't. Yeah, it's what I said earlier, and and what's Stormy? I agree with them completely. That's exactly what you're doing. But are you specifically working on honing your game for the pro, uh, postseason? No, I think it's way too early to do that. But what you are doing is learning where your team is going to be consistently at its best. As if the Chiefs need anybody to decipher <laughs> that mystery, it really isn't one. They know, they know what they can do best. But there are certain elements of the team that do need to be spruced up a little bit. The defense, that's, that's why the, the uh, signing of Le'Veon Bell did surprise me a little bit because mm-hmm. I would have gone for somebody on defense. Uh, and there's certainly some athletes out there who could have fit that bill. But over and above all that, still, Kansas City is so good, so well-disciplined under Andy Reid that, yeah, they're going to use this time period to focus their game and get it at a peak right for the playoffs.
1: Nine minutes away from the start of the pregame show. Kickoff coming up a little bit after 3 o'clock this afternoon. You're listening to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave.
0: Back to Ned Talk. On 104.7, The Cave, a proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs radio network.
1: We're just a few minutes away from the start of the pregame show, just enough time for us to do Ned's Player of the Week. It's brought to you by Mid-Missouri Bank.
2: My Player of the Week this week is going to be on the defensive side of the football for the Chiefs. Now, this young man also has a groin injury. I don't think it's significant enough to keep him out. He'll probably play. But then again, the field is going to be snow-covered. It's going to be very cold. And sometimes those injuries do tighten up and limit the production of this individual. But Chris Jones has not been heard from here in the last couple of games. He will be today. I think he is a key to stopping the Broncos' running attack. He'd be the key to stopping anybody's running attack, for that matter. And I really feel like the Chiefs will dial him in defensively now to uh, to put a big barrier in there against whatever Denver is hoping to do in the in the snowy conditions Uh, so I am going to take Chris Jones and Kansas City's defense as the keys to today's win.
3: Stormy what do you think? I agree Jones is uh, I think second or third week in full play after that groin injury so he is uh, in practices so I think he is back to making big plays and making big changes and 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 rattle, as Ned used to say last year, was rattle the cages of these other teams and be this disrupt giant disruptor out on the field. And uh, the the Chiefs' defense is looking very good right now, in my opinion, and I think that having Jones out there is that father figure for them to keep doing what they've been doing. And uh, so I'm, I'm, just, I'm looking forward to see how this does because I think also it'll come down to which team's going to break out maybe a little bit in red zone play as well. You know, we're always talking
1: about power rankings when it comes to football <laughs> and a big game is going on right now. The Pittsburgh Steelers, Tennessee Titans, yeah. both undefeated. Either one of you see this coming 27, seven Steelers did
2: not, especially in Nashville. I would have thought that Tennessee would, if anybody was going to dominate the game and that would have been a stretch to say the least with two good teams. But if anybody was going to get the upper hand, it would be Tennessee and Tennessee is about to score a touchdown here on a long run. But It's uh, the uh, Steelers who have the lead, 27 to what's eventually going to be 14 here. And it isn't over. Tennessee can come back. Pittsburgh has played well. But this is the NFL. And you've seen teams, well, Philadelphia, for instance, coming back from the New York Giants.
1: Your pick for today's game, what do you think the score is going to be?
2: I will say the Chiefs, 29, Kansas City, 29, Denver,
3: 16.
1: Stormy, you're your pick what do you think what do you think i'm gonna dial it back
3: a little bit and i'm gonna say it's gonna be 27 to probably 18 i think i'm gonna be a little less scoring because of the weather i think 38 13 that's the
1: number that comes to mind i think that the the chiefs Chiefs will go out there i'm not gonna pick against them this week so everybody (laughs) mike settle down everything's okay Get set, the pregame show starts in just a few minutes. It is Ned Talk. I want to say thanks to Stormy for being with us. Thanks to Ned Reynolds, of course. Nick Fury coming up next. Mike the Intern, Scott Meyer, and Corbin Campbell. It is Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave.